This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. from unqualifiedgamers.com and I'm going to talk about a video game called Sketchy Tower Defense for the second time today because I just made a video about the game behind me right now and forgot to plug in the microphone to the camera which is pretty much standard fare for this podcast quite frankly I mean it's unqualifiedgamers.com am I right? <laughs> uh, so this actually will be our podcast for this week Jonathan Martin uh, my usual colleague is has been just crazy busy and everything, so we did not get kind of our schedules figured out. Whatever, doesn't matter. He'll be back next week with me after Gen Con, at which point we'll talk about lots of stuff. But this week, I decided, well, we don't have time for a full podcast, so how about I talk about the game that I just played for like eight hours or so with Russian John, our good friend of the podcast who actually guest-hosted an episode about tower defense games, appropriately, uh, a year or two ago. It's quite some time ago. So, John and I are sitting around, and he just got back from Russia to visit, and we're like, what What would be fun to play? And he's like, oh, there's this game called Sketchy Tower Defense on Xbox 360 only, and I don't have an Xbox 360, so you can download this game. You download the gigs, I'm gonna fucking drink to you over the Rosa, over in the Siberia. That's how he talks, like literally. So he said that, and I was like, alright, well, how much is it? It's a dollar. So, like, yeah, hell yeah, even, literally, even I could afford that, right? Especially with my, like, $45 in Xbox credit that I haven't used because I haven't turned on my 360 for a year. So John's gonna show you a couple levels which hopefully you can see behind me because I just fixed the exposure on my camera. And sorry if you're listening to the audio podcast because uh, you'll just have to check out the YouTube video instead this week to know what's going on. And so you can see there's a few different level designs. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some have monsters coming from one or two or four directions, and some have like castles like one, two, or three castles that you have to protect. So, um, a couple different variations. John has been really into this level, which is called... Goblins. Goblins Cave. Cave. Sure. Now, uh, many tower defense games that I have played are set up so that there are monsters traveling along a path, and you set up towers along that path to destroy them. This game is a little different, um, and it is more open uh, openly, open world, open, it's not, that's not the right word. Uh, it's just more openly constructed. So if you're watching the video, you can see behind me, there is a snake-like path that the monsters travel down. However, when they get about halfway into the screen, then it's wide open, right? It's completely wide open. And so then it becomes kind of up to you to create a path of towers for the monsters to snake through and, and uh, implement various other strategies to um, kind of protect your castle. So, in terms of tower defense games, uh, this is probably more similar to something like Field Runners or Desktop Tower Defense than, say, something like Defense Grid. Right. Field Runners, Desktop Tower Defense, the free Windows game. As Cody said, you you generally create your towers to, to build the path that the, the monsters walk along. Yeah, so... 
um, yeah, we have been playing for several hours and have found certain strategies work better than others, but in general, you want to not only like destroy the monsters, but also obstruct their path and guide them as much as possible. So I like that because it's... Monsters need guidance. Because monsters need guidance. And I like that too because it, there's an extra element of strategy involved other than just like what's the most powerful tower you can build. And it adds a much more kind of creative element to it, right? Because you are able to implement several different strategies. Um, clearly there's going to be a general guideline that you kind of follow in order to, to do it as well as possible, but it's, uh, it's really open-ended, kind of, what strategy you take. So, um, you know, you, you go ahead and you play, and just like you do with video games, it's what you do, play them, and it's pretty standard fare in terms of the towers that are available. You have an arrow tower, which is your cheapest and weakest, but most reliable and kind of consistently shooting tower, right? You've got your cannon, which hits a field area uh, of monsters, hits several at once, but only attacks land units and has a slower rate of fire. You have the really powerful uh, tower in this one. It's the, the Thunderbolt, and it it shoots very powerful beams, really, really good for uh, for defeating like kind of boss characters or stronger monsters. Really, really good for that, but very slow rate of fire and very expensive, um, but still good for that. Uh, there is a flyer tower that only attacks flying creatures, but it does massive damage to flying creatures, so when you get hit with a wave of flying creatures, you really want to have some flying towers or you're screwed. And uh, a couple other towers in addition to that that are pretty standard fare. An ice tower that slows down enemies uh, that come, but doesn't do a lot of damage, so um, pretty standard in terms of what towers you place. You control a little guy with like a balloon on him, you kind of fly around the map, and when you kill monsters, you collect the coins that the monsters drop, kind of like in, uh, what's that uh, PS3 game? The PS3, uh... Pixel Junk Pixel monsters. Junk. Pixel Junk. Pixel Junk Monsters. Pixel Junk Monsters. That's what I said. So you collect the things like in Pixel Junk Monsters. They're called coins. They're called coins. And, uh, and that's where you get your currency from. A very, very, very fun aspect of this game is the fact that it's multiplayer. Hence why John and I have been playing for the last pretty much all day at this point, actually. It's like 4 p.m. We haven't really done a whole lot. Uh, but we, we have been playing together. And what's really nice is that, I, you know, I've been doing other things. I've been, you know, if I have to go to the bathroom or I went and made breakfast or got coffee or, like, whatever... You can just go ahead and start the level, start, get through the first few waves or whatever. You can pick up and join your friend at any time, which is super cool. So, for example, he's on, what, wave nine right now. I could pick up a controller, hit start, and just jump in. And I don't, if you jump in at the start, it just splits your money in half, so you each get 50 gold. Um, but if I join later, I think I just start with zero, uh, but then collect as we play. And what's really cool about collecting the money is that whenever you collect it, you each get like half the amount. So it's not like John can get all the coins and then I don't have any money because that would suck. Uh, instead, it is shared between us. But we each have our own uh, kind of uh, treasury, I guess. And so if I spend all of my money on on a bunch of towers, and then John is hoarding all of his money because he's a hoarder, Then, and I, and I need to upgrade one tower, like I need to upgrade the lightning tower so we can beat this boss that's coming, then he can hit the Y button and just send me a bunch of money, and then I can spend it on that upgrade, and there we go. Great, we are good. So it's really user-friendly, 
The co-op is local only, no online. But again, the game's a dollar, so, you know, what are you going to do? It's nice to have a local co-op tower defense game. The last one that we played extensively was South Park. The, what was it called? The, the South Park Tower, let's, South Park Let's Play Tower Defense. Go. I think, right? Something like Something that. Something like it's that. Been four years. It's been a while. Four years, just like uh, how long it's been since this game was released. Um, so uh, it is, it's nice to have a local multiplayer co-op or competitive tower defense game because there's actually a PvP mode. So John and I tried that once. We haven't gotten really into it, but it's basically a split screen. On the top half, I've got a kingdom I have to protect. He's got a kingdom he's got to protect on the bottom half. And the monsters just come in waves like normally in the game. And you just kind of like strategize against each other. There's a little added element of like occasionally a monster will appear in a cage. And if your floaty guy, if your character collects that guy in the cage, I think it sends a monster over to your opponent. We're not really clear on it. We haven't played a lot of the PvP mode. But what we did play was really fun. So we'll probably do that after this, so I can destroy him. Not likely. Not probably not likely. Uh, although I will say I won our first game, for the record. But I was hoarding. He was hoarding. So um, that was probably a fluke. So the local element is really neat. Uh, the graphics super rudimentary, as I kind of mentioned earlier. But this is one of those games that demonstrates the graphics really are very secondary to fun in a lot of video games. Uh, our podcast has been over this. Uh, a lot of like Nintendo-heavy podcasts have been very all about this, obviously. Uh, you don't need great graphics to have a good time. This does not have great graphics, and we've had a really good time, so that's pretty fun. Uh, so I've gone over the graphics, the co-op, kind of the general game mechanics, uh, but let's talk about the waves and the difficulty. So it is hard. It's, it's not brutally hard, but... You have to be very precise with this game. Like, you can't just kind of haphazardly play as towers and generally hope that it works, as John gets a game over, literally, as I say that. Um, you, you really need to, like, actually strategize, and it, it'll, the game will punish you if you're not pretty specific with your placement of towers. And that's good. It's, it's not, a, like, a ridiculous amount of difficulty, but it's, it's nice to have, like, a kind of challenging game, very strategic. And the game never ends. So John and I actually went on YouTube. There's not a lot of uh, strategy out there that I could find for this game. But we did find one for the Goblin level, which is a YouTube video where someone uploaded themselves getting to level 57 of that level. That's cool. All right, level 57. We implemented a similar strategy and got to level 61, so, you know, no big deal or whatever, but uh, that happened. Uh, but outside of that YouTube video and a couple other comments on like IGN, I really couldn't find a lot of strategy for this game. So you'll kind of have to play around with it yourself quite a bit. Um, I said level 61. I was looking for help on an IGN board and a guy was like, oh hey, I've gotten a level 100 on every level. Does this game ever end? And of course the response was, oh yeah, I got to level 150 on every level. It never ends. Which, I don't know how you got that far. Whatever. You're probably either developers or liars. We're just really big nerds, I guess. So there's that. Summer vacation. Summer vacation. Only had one dollar. Only had one dollar. Just gonna repeat everything John says. I don't know. Um, so the game doesn't end. I do know that, so according to these people. Uh, there is no challenge mode or ending mode or mode with an ending. Uh, it's just keep playing. And I'm not usually into like high score games, you know? I'm not gonna play... 
Pac-Man or Galaga for like four or five hours because it's like, okay, that was repetitive. I'm really over this after like eight minutes, maybe. But this game has lasted roughly eight hours at this point. I hope that's an exaggeration. God, I hope that's an exaggeration. It is. It is. Uh, but it, 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 it has held our attention. Like, I, I preferred it. We took a break to play Beatles Rock Band, but I have wanted to return to this game and resume playing this uh, because it's so good. So that's cool, I guess, if you're into that. Beatles are good and stuff. I'm not trying to knock them, but... Uh, you know, Beatles Rock Band is still a better game. It's not a better game. Well, maybe a better game. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, it costs more than a dollar. It though. does cost more than a dollar. Although, I don't know. You can probably get in a bargain bin for pretty cheap at GameSpot these days. GameStop. Stop. So, uh, that's Sketchy Sour Defense. A uh, couple other quick things. There's no music. There's no soundtrack. That's not a problem with me because I ripped a lot of music to my Xbox 360 to play for custom soundtracks because one of my favorite things to do in video games is implement a custom soundtrack. That is actually my least favorite thing about um, Nintendo consoles is that it is more difficult to impossible to like rip music and use custom soundtracks in games. I mean, Nintendo's got amazing soundtracks so their games are, are pretty okay, but like how cool would Smash Brothers be? And we play a lot of Smash Brothers, like a lot. How cool would Smash Brothers be if even though it had, you know, Brawl had 300 tracks or whatever, how cool would it be able to be if you could um, listen to Hannah Montana? If you could listen to Hannah Montana. Or, like, more realistically, get some Overclocked Remixes from Overclocked Remix, the video game remix website, and pop those on and then continually have a fresh soundtrack. I love that. I love... I've always been a mark for custom soundtracks. So, with that in mind, I have a bunch of playlists on my uh, Xbox 360, and I've got my network hooked up so I can pull playlists from my computer, so we've just listened to my music all day, which was probably horrifying for John, but for me, it was fantastic. So I do like that, uh, but do keep in mind that there is no, like, native soundtrack to this game. And my other main complaint about the game is that sometimes the buttons don't work, which feels like it should be kind of a basic function that should work fine in a video game. Um, the A button is where you place your towers and upgrades and things like that. That works fine. It's the main button. That's good. That works fine. And the joystick is fine. That works. But to select the tower you're going to build, you use the D-pad. And the D-pad on the Xbox 360 is notoriously awful, right? It's like the worst D-pad in the history of video games. Well, even when you like mash it a few times in one direction, sometimes it just doesn't respond. And so you have to keep hitting it until it finally responds. So that's like a weird quirk. And to speed up or slow down waves of monsters, you press the B button, the red button. And that doesn't always work either. So sometimes John and I will be playing, and he'll be like, slow down, slow down. And I'll start hitting it, but it won't respond. So John will start hitting it, because I haven't slowed them down. But then by the fourth or fifth time I hit the button, suddenly it's working. So then I sped them up again. So... Uh, that's a little obnoxious. If you're playing two-player, just keep in mind maybe one person or the other should speed up and slow down the waves. It's a weird little quirk. Uh, it, it, it's, it can get kind of annoying. It can kind of uh, ruin a couple playthroughs, but for the most part, it doesn't ruin the game. It's just like kind of an obnoxious thing. And it's, it's like, a dollar. It's a dollar. It's a dollar. So, you know, that's not game-breaking or anything like that. Um, and the other drawback that uh, I don't really care about, but... There are no online leaderboards or any kind of way to post a score. And in a game that 
you know, is very high score oriented. Like, that's kind of a miss, I guess. I don't really care that much. It'd be, I'm curious to see what level other players are reaching. Like, did somebody legitimately get to level 200? Is it possible? Like, where are the limits for this game? Where's the threshold? Are those guys on IGN.com or your GameSpot or wherever, are they really getting to level 150? Or are they just totally full of it and no one's ever gotten past level 90, you know? I don't know. So I'd be curious about that, but again, it's a dollar, so, you know, I'll forgive that. Because honestly, like, the experience is good enough. You know, like, we picked up a game and we played it a bunch and had fun doing it, so extra things like online leaderboards and things like that, like, I don't, I don't need that to have a good time. I don't need to drink to have a good time. That kind of a thing. So, this game don't come with alcohol. You know, I'm talking like John again. He said that. He was like, you know, I like this game totally, but it don't come with alcohol. I don't want to feel alcohol. That's, that's what I said. That's what he said. So, you know, that's, uh, that's how I feel about that. But uh, anything else? Am I missing anything about sketchy tower defense? Not really? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Much it's covered. fun for a few hours. It's fun for a dollar if you're looking for, you know, a game you can just pick up and play for 15, 20 minutes with a friend who also likes tower defense games. It's one of those games that I, I wouldn't recommend for long because you can really get obsessed with it and trying to perfect your strategy and just you'll end up uh, wasting a large amount of time. Wasting your entire afternoon, pretty much. It's pretty cold out today. It is cold out today. Freezing, in fact. So, yeah, no way we could leave. Uh, I, I will say, I kind of, I kind of almost prefer the endless aspect because... I've, I've played tower defense games with John before, and I've watched him play tower defense games. And when you feel like you have to clear a level with a perfect, flawless score and not lose a single, like, not, not let a single monster through, I feel it can become very repetitive and it's easier to obsess because you could beat the level a hundred times, but if you just let that one guy through, there's that like perfectionist in you that really feels the need to absolutely master that level. And this isn't that way, which is cool. We have lost, you know, we've gotten to wave 20 without losing a single heart, but then there are playthroughs where we hit level seven or eight and we'll lose a heart, but we don't stop because we're trying new strategies. And we know that eventually, we're going to lose all of our health anyway, and we're going to die because it's not beatable. That was very philosophical. Thank you. Very philosophical, I thought, as well. So, um, in, in that regard, I don't really have, like, a complaint about the fact that it's endless. I think that's kind of nice. But once in a while, you can just pick it up and play it and not really care and, and all that kind of stuff. So not a big tower defense game, player, un unless a really good one comes around, and it's a really good one. For a dollar, you cannot go wrong on the Xbox Live uh, Arcade Marketplace, whatever it's called. Uh, again, it's a dollar. You can't get it on Steam or PS3 or Wii U, sadly, or anything, to our knowledge. But uh, if you've got a 360 and you, you really have a, a dollar. dollar you know, that you want to spend and a friend that will play a tower defense game with you for a while, go ahead and do it. It's very fun. And uh, that is the end of this epic second take of episode 80-something of Unqualified Gamers. Uh, head on to unqualifiedgamers.com for other podcasts and lots of other things. And we'll be back next week with a lot of other really cool stuff. And uh, 
I hope you're watching this on YouTube because if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, I, you're gonna miss a couple visuals. Sorry, what can I say? What can I say? It's a dollar.